Tonight's panel, uh, we want to organize as uh, creatives in tech. I uh, want to get a scale um, for you guys of creatives that um, are doing it in their own unique ways um, and in some different backgrounds. Um, we have uh, Trey here. Uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves? Can I do an introduction? Sure, what you want to do now. Right. I, think, uh, I think it's always homage to what we can, when the host can do the, do the introduction. But Trey um, graduated um, with Northern Kentucky University um, major. Computer science major. And uh, he does everything from 3D printing, uh, app creation, website creation, you name it, he's, he's done it. Um, definitely uh, has a lot of background, a lot of experience in those fields. Um, we have Jordan Calhoun from Tuskegee University, um, psychology major, uh, currently in uh, grad school at LSU. And she runs Smooch Maquillage. And it is a lipstick and cosmetics brand. Um, she's been running it for three years now. Almost. January. January will be three years. Um, and uh, does all of the uh, promoting, marketing. Uh, she created her own website as well and handles all of that technical aspect as well, even down to the labeling and local um, also. And uh, last but certainly not least, we have Mr. William Henry, the second. <laughs> and um, Will is a uh, graphic and design major from Arizona State University. Um, Will, for a fact, uh, created all of our logos, I believe. <laughs> so Will um, is, man, he's nasty on the graphic design side. Um, also does um, he runs his own clothing brand, uh, City Boys, and um, that's been uh, four years now. Four years, um, he's been running that, and it's really uh, just taken off. Uh, done. He's created his own website, uh, does the logos, many logos, does cover art for musicians as well, and their songs and singles. So, um, excited to dive in. Uh, first. Um, for you guys, and this is uh, passing mic down. My question is, what got you guys involved or interested in technology? Uh, so I guess I can speak on that. Um, I subconsciously got into technology, I think, because uh, my mother was a web developer growing up. Um, and so I was kind of intrigued by the idea that she never had to leave her house to, to get paid. So. You know, even though I didn't really know what tech was back then or what websites were, I just like the idea of being able to like freelance and make my own product and things like that. And so uh, I saw technology as an easy one to do that. And ever since then, I kind of just fell in love with it, you know, as I got older. And by the time I hit college, uh, it was no brainer as far as going into computer science. As for me, I feel like I was kind of sucked into tech. Um, having my own business and uh, paying for everything by myself out of my own pockets, I had to realize um, there are some things that I could study upon myself to um, kind of get that own ex expertise in. So um, figuring out like the website designs and all of that kind of like led me into the tech world and studying like the 
computer science for dummies, books, and all of those good things. So that's kind of how I got in. Once I realized that um, I wanted to do everything by myself without having to contract anyone out for the work that I could easily do. I'd say um, for me, uh, my first experience getting into tech was um, I started as an artist, just doing sketches, drawing. Once I got to high school, um, started to use Photoshop and using the photo manipulations. We were all in like a yearbook class. So for me at that point, I knew that I wanted to work with computers and then I went to college, tried design management, sorry, tried computer science, ended up switching to design management, working with computers and you know design software more and more and then the e-commerce as far as with the clothing brand. So that was how I got drawn into it. And um, I guess uh, one question, uh, for you, Will, um, how do you, because I talked to a couple of um, members in the audience and they do, um, they're artists themselves. How do you turn that hard copy and transfer that into a digital copy on the, um, on the computer? So, um, let's see, when I first started, I didn't have a scanner, so I was just drawing on like notebook paper or sketch paper and taking a picture off my phone and just sending it to my email, dropping it, you know, in the Illustrator or whatever program you do to do the line work. And then, uh, you know, once I started getting a little more accustomed. Adobe Illustrator? Adobe Illustrator, yeah. For sure, yeah. And I work in Adobe Photoshop, too, from time to time, if it's a digital painting or anything, you know, but that's how I got into it, and that's how I translate it over to the computer. Usually a scanner, but you can take a picture of it, and you just have to experiment with the lines and start playing with it. Then from um, the point of scanning, then you go and kind of trace over the lines? For sure, yeah. You go and retrace the lines, um, sharpen up the line work, and then you lay colors underneath. And it can be like a digital painting where you'll just have a bunch of layers. Because since it's, you know, it's electronic, you just have a ton of layers and you just stack them on top of each other with the colors and whatnot. Um, for you, uh, Trey. Now, you um, have a, a 3D printing company, uh, Trade Designs. Could you speak on a little bit about what uh, piqued your mind with 3D, present, uh, 3D printing? And then what, what led you to be like, oh man, yeah, I should buy one of those. <laughs> sure. Um, so, um, I heard the term 3D printing, 3D printing back in 2014, like one of my internships. Um, and I was, just to be quite frank, I was the only black kid in my internship. And so I'm just here, I'm just listening to a lot of my coworkers and stuff talking about stocks and 3D printing, just things that I'm not really aware of. And I kind of put in the back of my head, didn't do any research uh, just then. But then when I moved out to Colorado for my first full-time job, um, a lot of the older men that I met out there, they were already thinking about that as a way of, you know, being a new manufacturer in today's world and a way to make you know, more money. It's because you don't have to outsource it to anyone else, you can do it at home. And so from there, I was like, okay, um, when I really get serious with whatever I want to do in life, I think 3D printing will probably be it because it just seems like the best fit for me. Um, so years later, when I finally moved back uh, to Ohio, um, I got home and I said, I just, I don't know if this nine to five life is for me for the rest of my life. Um, and so I, the first thing that came to mind was 3D printing. And so I was like, uh, they're not too much. I went and got me one, started researching it, started playing around with different shapes and things like that. And it's just, Ever since then, it just felt like this was meant for me to do. And do you have a phone text to yeah. show as well? Of course. 
So I did make, I make several different products, but one of these is a uh, iPhone case where you can show, but it's a soft gel iPhone case. Um, one of the few products I've just 3D printed recently. Um, and I make, I have over 20 products right now on the website, but it's just various different objects and I'm really just focused on trying to create something that the customer can use that will make their lives easier or something that they'll just, you know, actually enjoy to have uh, overall. So it's been a journey trying to figure it out. I actually have one of my teammates in here, Shiva, over there. He's actually a mechanical uh, engineer, so he's helping me out with ideas as well. So I'm trying to get the ball rolling on a bigger scale and, you know, take it to the next level. And what's the, so do you just take a picture of it? Right. Uh, so pretty much the idea is uh, you have to create a 3D model, and they call those uh, .stl files. But it's pretty much a 3D object that you design yourself, and there's, there's several different softwares you can do them in. But once you have that 3D model, you then have to slice it into different layers that allows the printer to print uh, vertically on each layer to increase the 3D object. Uh, it takes anywhere between four hours, 10 hours, whatever the size of the project. But uh, that's simply what it is. Just if you can design the model, if you can think in your head pretty much design the model, then you can, the printer does the rest. Uh, that phone case took about four hours, uh, so it is, it's a little time consuming, it's not, nothing's quick about it at all, but um, it's definitely well worth the wait, uh, and it teaches you a lot about being humble and patient, because same with the process of printing. Um, Jordan, uh, smooth. So for you, um, you handle, um, I mean, the social media following on that, I think, is kind of trumping the whole phone pages. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Easy, but I think close to like 2,500 or so. But how do you garner, because um, you post a lot, and you kind of do it, it seems like fluid. What is your bread and butter as to like, oh, I know this is going to garner likes of people, um, this is something that people will like, and I'm not just flooding their timeline with useless pictures. How do you kind of determine that? Well, for me, um, I like to post things that I know for a fact that I would enjoy seeing. Like, I don't just like to post anything just to have anything um, on, like, my pages. Um, so I try to think of the customer and, like, yeah. simple things, not too much wording, um, bright colors to, you know, like, grab their attention and like a short, sweet message. And we also use like um, the catchy sayings and phrases like that kind of goes along with culture today to kind of grasp that um, and capture like the, our target market, I guess you could say. So that's pretty And what do you use? Cause um, a lot of times you guys have like cool um, different promos that I see. Like uh, what do you use to uh, create those? So I'm not um, that equipped with Adobe or Illustrator or anything like that. Um, the interesting thing about my promotion is um, being a psychology major, um, all the way out of the artsy fartsy phase, I use PowerPoint. Um, it's, it's very time consuming and it requires a lot of patience because you have to be really fine with um, removing the background and you know like doing those good things. Um, but yeah, I've learned that doing PowerPoint, and then I have a few um, apps on my iPhone. Um, Diptych is one, 
Then I use like InstaSize is another one. And um, even the Instagram, you know, the Insta stories, they allow you to post wordings and then the filters are beautiful. So I use that to uh, pretty much get the marketing going. Um, and all of us graduated 2010 uh, from Troutwood Benson High School. Uh, in this millennial, you know, wave, I feel like we kind of get a bad rap at times for maybe having short attention span or, I don't know, you know, just brain kind of peeing in those offices and those nine to five. I know for me it definitely does. Um, how do you guys manage um, working nine to five if you do, and then, you know, coming home and then at five to 10 space or six to 10 space, how do you manage your time to make the best use of it? Um, that's a great question. Um, for me personally, as you already know, I actually just lost my job, so that's not even an issue for me at this moment. But um, when I was doing my nine to five, uh, I just found it very hard to balance both. It's almost like you have to sacrifice going 100% for your dreams and then, you know what I'm saying, 100% for the person you're trying to make happy at work. Um, so I don't know if there's really a clear cut answer on how I balanced it. It's more so I just maintained enough until, you know, maintain as long as you can really, but you'll never really feel like you're satisfactory giving it your all um, until you can really, you know, devote all your time to it. So uh, that would probably be my answer. For me, um, since launching Smooch almost three years ago, um, the interesting thing is, is I went from being a um, social worker to a law student to now um, a high school guidance counselor, <clears throat> excuse me, who's still in law school, but this academic year I'm actually getting an MBA. So um, trying to <laughs> balance all of that, um, the studying um, and working in a high school, um, and especially like mental health, being a counselor um, is not the easiest thing. So um, my schedule is is pretty consistent. Um, usually up by five, sleep by one or two a.m. Um, don't get that much rest. I try to sleep in on the weekends though. But um, the thing, the, the the way that I try to look at it is. Um, if I'm going 100% for another company, making them money, then I, I might as well go 100% for myself as well until I can depend on that 100% to um, actually support my, my living. Um, I mean, of course, ideally in the dream world, I would focus only on smooch um, and nothing really else. Well, of course, my law degree too, but um, figuring it out is, Feel kind of like the learning phase and I know it's like year three come on Jordan you gotta get it together but um, I, I always try to look at it as if I can do it for them I can do it for me so that's kind of the motivation and inspiration that I use to make that balance work so as of right now well let's give a backstory so until I was 20 what, three years old, I never worked a day in my life. Um, I was a sports guy, track athlete, um, tried to do one year post-collegiate. Um, in doing so, when most people are trying to transition to becoming professional in their sport, you really don't have time to you know, try to be in between. You're all or nothing. Most of the time, trying to string a job together is pretty tough when you're training for five, six hours, you know, and then trying to go into work and you're leaving for track meets, whatever. But what I'm getting at is that I had my first job in Georgia, and it was part-time. 
So for me, I needed to understand how I could get the work done, even though my time was now being occupied in me. I believe in waking up early, just like Jordan said, I'm gonna to try to get up at 4.30, for sure, you know, starting to organize things at five. So I'm literally, you know, trying to work when everyone else is just getting started. To my understanding, that's the only way you make it work if you're trying to string along the job unless you have other hands on board that can help you. So that's kind of how I learned how to, how to manage that. And as of right now, I'm a full-time artist, so I don't really have a set sleep schedule, but it's just to get it done by any means, you know, um, perspective right now. Okay, and um, also the jacket you're wearing, that's a city boys. Can you show them the back, please? Pretty cool, guys. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah. One of my personal <laughs> favorites. And that came out, what, four years ago? Huh? Yeah. So, you know, good, uh, good quality, good branding doesn't, uh, doesn't fade. So, um, for that design um, of that jacket, how does, how does that manifest itself? It manifests itself, let's see, in 2014 when I'm in Arizona, and I'm still pursuing track and I'm just like, I know I'm an artist, I've always drawn growing up, I've always been into the arts and I'm just like, I'm not feeding my inner artist. So, you know, part of, you know, training in Arizona, maybe missing home, being from here. I think, you know, subconsciously it just kind of happened where, you know, obviously it's themed after the day dragon, you know, they're, they're green and orange, so it's like paying homage and I can say that's art, that's being homesick in a form of art or a, a deliverable item that you can wear, so. That's, you know, I don't have any other stories for that. Just being homesick. Then, um, what goes into your mind, I guess, as far as like quantity, um, who you're choosing the right printer? What are some of those headaches, um, or even just uh, hacks, maybe, if you could tell someone that may be wanting to know, hey, I have my own, you know, drawings and, you know, artwork that I would like to transfer to a deliverable item. What's something that you could kind of help them? Uh, what I say is, you know, do your research and find a program that you can create vector art in. If you can draw it and just create the vector art, that's all the printer needs. As far as, you know, finding a printer, unless someone is willing to give you advice on what they've experienced with their printers, you kind of have to do your market research and by trial and error, you have a printer that doesn't misprint, you know, moving forward, you have to adapt and decide if you're going to continue to work with them or for quality's sake, you know, work with another printer. So there's a lot of variables. If I'm releasing a design that's super intricate and, you know, it may cost a bit more, I may not make as many of it, you know, but if there's something simple that I know everyone likes and I can offer it in a ton of colors, I'm gonna make it as affordable as possible, you know, since they can buy it. I'm trying, my goal is to cover the whole market, whether it be the really high quality pieces or the low quality, not low quality, but the more affordable pieces that people may not throw on when they're trying to look nice, but they're just going to the gym, per se. Um, uh, so, then, uh, that's, that's something. That's something I'm pondering on that, guys, I'm pondering on that. Um, so, for Trey, for you, you have created an app. We collabed on an app, uh, Camp Central. It's actually out in the iOS store right now. We in Google Play yet? Yeah, Google Play Store. We in Google Play Store as well. Enjoy iOS, All right. Um, could you tell the people, I guess, a little bit, because from, I guess, a quick backstory, Trey, what was that, 2014, I think? 15. 2015, he had dropped the app, uh, Trey, 
14, <laughs> uh, Triumphant Designs. And um, I thought it was like so crazy and so cool. You know what I mean? I think he just had like music he liked, you know, just some random things on there. But I'm like, dang, you know, he created an app. And uh, my parents had always told me like, hey, because uh, I was on full scholarship at Tiffany University and transferred to Alabama State University and I was having to pay trying to walk on. And they was like, well, look, come up with that million dollar idea and always drop out <laughs> so um i kind of had that mentality of like all right let me get the brain so i can get it going um i see trey with his app we um try to collab at the time we we're both in school just kind of didn't work but by the time we both graduated it's like hey i think the time is right and we got it going spent a year on android spent um this past year on ios and then spent this year on um Flutter and uh, iOS kind of divided um, the time, but could you tell the people, I guess, um, for anyone out there, how do you create an app? Like, where does that start? Is that school or off school? Or how did that happen? Yeah, as far as the, how did I create an app or how did you create an app? How did you create an app? Oh, okay. Short knowledge. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I knew zero, I knew nothing about developing an app. The first time I decided I wanted to develop an app. I know it's kind of weird. Like people say they want to develop an app, they're like, okay, I, I have someone to go to or at least figure out how to do this, but I just knew I wanted an iOS app and I had no idea how to get it there. So literally the whole time I'm at my internship, on lunch break, I'm looking at YouTube tutorials on how to develop an iOS code. And then from there, every day I'm just working with, you know, different screens, different transitions, different colors, different everything and to the point where it's like, all right, I finally have something. I don't know if it's, you know, a great iOS app. I don't know if it's going to be anything that's going to change the world or anything yet, but it has my name on it and I can see my name, you know, Trey Hope developed this app. And so I just took a lot of pride in that to where it was like, all right, now I learned this, I can learn, you know, how to do the Android app, how to do whatever it is now moving forward. It really just takes that, that brief period of time, like, all right, this is what I really want. I'm going to study and put in time I need to do it. But beforehand, I didn't know anything. It's just, you got to have that hunger determination to get something done. To really see it through, I feel like. And um, what um, did so none of that came from college education, uh, not really. Uh, the thing with like programming languages, and like my professors tell me this all the time, like once you learn one language, you learn them all. The syntax is the only thing that's really different. Um, so I guess in a sense, I learned coding in college, but. Uh, a lot of the stuff just wasn't as hands-on as it could have been, so I don't really accredit my university to too much of my knowledge when it comes to app development. I more so give that to myself, but not like not being cocky or anything, but just being real. Um, but yeah, so most most of the knowledge just came from myself. I learned a little bit in college. Yeah. And syntax is kind of like the logic. Syntax is just like you know how sense is kind of like the structure of, of how it's you know how it's produced, um, kind of like the lettering or the wording or the the, the, the structure of it, but. Everything else is similar to the Um, Jordan, uh, influencer marketing. Uh, you do a great deal of, um, I feel like, working with brands. Um, but then also, there's a ton of girls who wear your things. You know, where's your, your lipstick and you're able to post them. I think that always gives the brand a great um, validation as to, oh, you know, somebody else is rocking it to actually see someone else other than yourself uh, using the product. Did you pay these people? Did you, you know, how'd you come across, um, how'd you come across them? Um, were they family members? How's that word get out? 
so um, when we started doing promotion, uh, promotional advertising back in October 2015, um, I used my sisters. I have six sisters, um, <laughs> and I had to pay them Chick-fil-A. Um, so I guess you could say I did pay them, but um, no, for the most part, the, the good thing about um, having people to support your brand who are like really into it is they'll do it and they'll do it for free. Like I, I absolutely love and um, it's been a joy that when people like purchase something, um, a product, they'll tag me in a picture, they'll send, you know, like email or they'll do a review or, you know, like it's those things. And then we always, of course, for legal purposes, we ask if it's okay if um, we can post, you know, like their pictures on our social media. So um, it's just kind of like one of those fortunate things where, you know, it's kind of like, well, if one, you know, if one person's posted, then it's kind of like that domino effect where we all want to be posted. So um, it worked out that way for me. I don't pay them. Um, just kind of give them a shout out. And every now and then, um, I'll throw like a 20, 25% discount to that person for continuously um, sending us content to post. Do you use, um, kind of switching subjects somewhat, uh, do you use any type of technology to help you balance the invoices, the finances, kind of day-to-day expenses? Um, yes, um, my website was created through Wix. I'm not sure if y'all know, I was familiar with Wix. So I used it through Wix, um, and it had like, it shows you like your inventory where you can keep track of each individual product. Um, I also have an, a great uncle, he, um, well he recently passed away, but he was my accountant. Um, and he was amazing, like he was an accountant for over 50 years, so he kind of, um, he kind of got me right on the track of money managing, finances, investing, saving, and um, those financial strategies. So still continuing off of that, um, the spreadsheets, Excel, and the fact that I'm doing an MBA um, with a specialty in family enterprise, like small business and family enterprise, has definitely helped out even though I'm only in like week six now. Um, that's kind of helped out as far as like the marketing and money management. So. Um, that's pretty much how I'm able to manage inventory and my finances. Um, how are we doing time, Isaac? You okay? Okay, making good on time. Um, so, Will, Trey, uh, we were both in multimedia design class with uh, Jordan as well. Uh, she had a multimedia design class with Miss Angel, but also yearbook class, yearbook design. I don't think you were a part of that. But um, what, what would you guys say, um, what role did Trotwood play um, in your interest in uh, tech? Was that class useful for you? Did you pick up any tools? Um, we can start with what? Definitely, definitely useful. I think I'd say I, that was probably my first experience using Photoshop, I'm pretty sure. But um, just being able to see like, you know, yourself cropped out and put on top of a planet with a rocket ship flying over you, like that was the coolest thing ever. So travel would definitely spark that interest and I knew I wanted to work with computers. I remember going home and starting to, you know, download Photoshop myself and start creating things and they're horrible now that I look at them. But, I have to give it to Trout. You know, I don't think I've ever I would have come into he would have come into my atmosphere 
probably until college, you know, had it not been for that one class, literally. Uh, I would definitely say uh, that that class helped me out. Um, that, like Will said, that was probably like my first time using Photoshop as well. And I still remember like the very first Photoshop pick I made. It was, I literally cropped myself out, put myself on top of the earth, and then put like some rap lyrics next to me. I was like, that was so cool. I just felt like that was amazing right there. And I just, I showed Miss Angel like all the time. Like, I was amazed. So from there, I was like, it just showed, it was just really cool how you can manipulate reality so much with Photoshop and, and that's literally what a kid's imagination is, just manipulating reality. And so I just, whenever I'm in Photoshop, I just really feel like a kid again. And so that class kind of brought me back to the whole idea of creation and, and how important that is on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and then Will, you um, kind of, well not kind of, but you, you have taken that graphic design and made it to something to where now people pay for flyers and trade people pay you as well for flyers and work you know in that field um as far as the logo creation goes what are some things to kind of help people as far as man this person is too finicky with um changing their mind on what they exactly want um, how do you narrow who you would like to work with? Um, what commissions that you take? How do you select those things? Uh, one, being aware of what kind of work you want to take in. I know I was at a point where, you know, if you, if you do design or graphics, you can pull work from all different types of areas, whether it be package design, logo design, branding, or you're just doing something for a head, or you're jumping over somewhere to view you, or doing a text intro. Um, consulting at first. I want to say at first it didn't really bother me and then you know as I started taking on more work and you have a lot of different projects going on you realize that you're communicating with one person that's worked with a design a designer before then you're working with another party that's never worked with a designer so you're communicating with them in two different ways and uh, at this point I've done it enough to where I feel that you know if someone's looking to bring me in for a service or for a job you know, I'm a specialist at this point. You know, I do illustrations and then digitize them or, you know, the cover art per se and logos and some package design as well. But usually when people come to me, it's because they found my Instagram page. I have a website, but I mean, I see a lot of business goes through the Instagram. And once, when you go from an email to a DM at that point, you know, the, the structure of the conversation is completely out the window. But, you know, as a business, you know, it'd be irrational to not check my DM if, you know, I'm using my page for the graphic work. So. Um, it's just communicating with them and understanding how they receive the information, if they like a lot of drafts. Some people like to see everything you've done so they can pick. Other people are just like, I trust your full you know, creative direction, just send me two. So it's just in the beginning process, figuring out how they work and what they expect, what they need, and if there's anyone else in their group making a decision. like to open the floor up for anyone that may have questions uh, for any of us on the panel. Yes, sir. Colorado, Iowa, Georgia. What, what took you to 
for me personally, uh, yes, yeah, school. School um, took me away and then career-wise, I uh, graduated from Alabama State uh, University and then uh, Atlanta was just a very lucrative place for me. Um, most of my family is, or all my family, majority of them, are from um, Alabama, so I'm a country boy somewhat at heart. And the fact that Atlanta had that Southern hospitality combined with that fast city movement, I was just um, kind of fed up. Uh, my situation is a little different, a little bit more basic, uh, probably a little more laughable. I was really just uh, in a relationship um, with a certain woman. She moved to Colorado, love her to death, so I moved to Colorado with her. Moved to LA, I moved to LA. So, you know, it's just, I really, I don't really have like a set concrete answer on why I left. It was really just love, I guess. So for me, college, um, I always wanted to attend a historically black college or university. Um, Tuskegee was just it when I visited the campus. It was it and everything. Um, but school eventually brought me back home because I attended the University of Dayton School of Law. So. Yes, I'm back here. <laughs> Sports. Sports and education, trying to you know, get my college paid for. So took some visits to a couple universities and got to Arizona and I knew it was far but I was like this feels right and you know I got out there like the first couple weeks and I didn't leave my dorm unless I was with the other track guys it was just such a culture shock for me but you know I don't regret making that decision because it helped mature me and gain a better understanding of people in general you know just experiencing the world it does something for you creatively so track you know running my way to Arizona. Got a question. What do you guys do for your mental health? Um, starting a business is very difficult, and when you start to take off, people start to start acting different. And it's difficult because you've like, in, like invested in those relationships, but you know where you're trying to go. So like, how do you deal with those people who start to fall out of your life and like stay sane? Mental health is, is real, and you really have to take care of yourself. So um, I do several techniques. I, I do them with my students, but I also do them for me. Uh, mindful moments. Um, I go get massages often now. Um, that's just kind of become a part of my routine. Um, but I like to carve out time. I, I keep a planner now. I like to be well detailed, and I like to take at least an hour a day for just me. Turn my phone off, no emails, no text messages. Um, work is done, smooch is done, and it's just me um, taking in the moment, um, thinking of what happened today, how could I have been better, did I leave an impact, or you know, those type of things are um, kind of how I self evaluate to be able to um, feel better about tomorrow. So that's what I do. As far as, um, to get to your question, as far as like managing with people that are, you know, you're trying to help in your business, I think if, if you're speaking of like friends, you have to at some point draw a line and, and make it business. And um, you have to hold them to that standard that you want your business to go up to. And, you know, it can be uncomfortable, but it has to happen, you know, and I'll say, I learned it, you know, I, I look at it as a blessing where I learned about, you know, my, my whole mental and everything is from sports. And I know that you can't have a good relay team there's one, you're not going to win a championship if there's one person that doesn't believe it. I don't believe that. I've, I've been on teams, 
And the only way I know how to win is if everyone is fully invested and on the same page. So I think that the conversation is to be had and let them know what to expect. But if they don't deliver that, you know, you have to also be able to have the conversation and say, moving forward, maybe we draw the line here or we adjust and see how you're all can end up with the business. In regards to the mental health, uh, I, I personally, uh, like George said, she said she take an hour a day. Uh, I just, I try to meditate at least once a day, at least 10 minutes a day, really. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that's helped me with mental health is just realizing like whatever I'm going through is literally just a mind thing. If I'm feeling down, I, I'm thinking I'm down. If I feel like I can't do it, it's because I say I can't do it. Like there's no other external force that's causing me to have these feelings except myself. So once I realize that, I don't really have as many mental health problems or anything like that. I'm more so just kind of going through life a little bit more stable. Um, and the second part, as far as dealing with people, um, I guess friendships and business, uh, like Will said, uh, it just has to come to a point where it's like, I have this vision and I want to see it come true. I love you to death, you're my brother, but at the end of the day, this vision, it overweighs that because this, this is what something that I have to see, I have to see done before I die. This is my plan, this is my goal, my dream. And so if they really are your friend, they'll understand that. Only someone that's not with you will try to step in between that and then cause some type of divide. So I've never really had that issue because like if, if someone's not really stepping up, I let them know, hey, I'm trying to go this way. We can still be friends, but we gotta eventually split. But that's how you should go about it. And I wanted to add to that too, um, the thing about like the family and friends, um, you gotta set the tone early. Um, because if you don't, it's really hard to retract and try to get people to buy into your dream. For me, I started off and I still do it to this day. Um, if I'm wearing a product of mine, I'm paying myself from my personal funds to my business funds. Um, my own mother, she even, she has no problem with paying full price for anything that it is that she wants. Um, my sisters are the same way, of course, you know, when you have six sisters, everybody is stealing, well not stealing, but they're borrowing permanently things that um, do not belong to them without permission. Um, but even then, you know, we, we still work out that deal where it's kind of like, come on now, you, you used it about six times, now you don't have to pay up. But we, we kind of got that figured out. And um, my circle of friends, you know, I have lip balms for men, which they all have um, bought and, you know, like marketed, promoted, and did those wonderful things for me. Um, it's just kind of like one of those things where this is my friend, this is their business, this is how they make a living, I'm going to support. You know, if everyone wants a discount, you, you end up discounting your own personal pocket. So, you gotta look at it that way. Got questions going. Uh, answer your question real quick. Voice memos for me. I keep it short and sweet. Got to vent to myself after work, and I don't always listen back to them. But you know, in the random time that I might, it's kind of cool to hear like you know growth at times and remind yourself like, oh dang, I was going through some stuff. You know what I mean? Right then and taking in that day and like, all right, you know things ain't as bad. The world didn't flip over, so I'm okay. <laughs> Um, I believe Aaron and that person that
going to advance us when we are the only person in our circle. Um, because we, you know, in this culture right now, we're in a very follower of shit and we need to be comfortable, right? So how do you encourage yourself to just keep going? Um, I think mine is a little bit of dual uh, having friends like this and, you know, seeing what they're doing and uh, them pushing kind of the bar and pushing me for it. And then also and when I'm in spaces, I get encouraged when I'm the only one that's, you know, there because I see, I see the opposite, you know, I'm So I see like, oh, okay, that means like, I'm here. Fit to like a yeah, you know what I'm saying? Unique, yeah, I like that. Unique, yeah. I just never really fit to like a societal norm in any way, shape, or form ever since school. So like by the time like I got into this like you know I guess grown grown life and everything, it wasn't hard for me to keep going in my own lane because I've always kind of been in it, um, you know. And and then when people would say something about me being weird or whatever, it's like, but I've been getting these type of you know comments since preschool. You know what I mean? So. I've just kind of embraced the idea of being your own individual, and that's kind of came motivated. And then alongside, you know, being around people, you know, I, I strongly believe, you know, you'll be successful as the people that you talk to the most. So by talking to them whenever, it just kind of keeps motivated, like, all right, they're doing the same thing, keep going. Whether you want to stop or not, the people around you are still motivated, so why would you stop? So those two things, I think, keep you motivated, pushing. Uh, for me, when it comes to, like, the following and people not really buying into your dream, Early on, I had to realize that um, I didn't start my business for my family to support it. I started my business for the world to support it. Um, so even when my inner circle is not buying into it, I know that there are a, a bunch of strangers all throughout the world um, who will buy into my dream and what it is that I want to do. Um, I stay encouraged by um, constantly reflecting on the napkin that I started my um, logo on that I will eventually craft it and fix up for me. Um, I always look to that because I, I think like Mooch really started with a, a dollar and a dream and um, kind of like seeing where we started to where we are today it, it's just always inspiring like whenever I'm feeling down and just kind of like yo I'm getting ready to walk away from this like school is becoming too much these kids is becoming too much um, reflecting back on like you come this far, why, why just walk away now? Um, that kind of gives me that burst of um, inspiration and encouragement to keep going. And then for me, I think uh, what, keep, what keeps me going and staying encouraged is understanding that this whole thing is beyond me. I mean, at this point, it's far beyond me. And as an artist, you understand that when you put art out, no matter if you're feeling sad or if you're happy, when you put that out, no matter if a person is looking at it, perceives it the way that you intend it, it's, it's thought-provoking, it's provoking that thought. So the same way with my group of friends, not speaking of you all, but you know, if I have friends that don't own businesses or may not have taken that jump to try and use a design program, I carry the weight and it's my job to kick the door down and make them aware, put it into their atmosphere, so that then, like the class that we had in high school, it allows them to take off. So that, that's what keeps me going, is, having the experience to speak with someone and encourage them to start trying to do what I do, or you know, you all do, which is run a business. Uh, I just got a question, like with you, everybody's like in the YouTube age, like I can do exactly what you can do. How do you set yourself above your competition? Like, where do you get your ideas? Where do you draw them from? But at the same time, not steal someone's ideas, but you know, make it your own. 
<laughs> you have to look at what makes you happy. So um, for me, after I stopped running, after I stopped running, competing per se, um, I was in the stage where it's like, okay, I know I want to do art. Now I need to figure out as a young adult, what am I going to do? I had to realize that for me, and to get back to the question, you know, of how we relax or you know our therapy, running is that for me. Running is that for me. So whether it be BMX, I'm into bicycles. I'm making sure that I'm still, you know, looking at these things that I love, anime, you know, cartoons, whatever. And then at that point, as an artist, you know, deep down inside, if you're if you're copying something or if you're, you know, using it in a way and it's inspired per se. I hate to use that word, but that's how I get away from. It. You have to be honest with yourself though, and, and focus on what you like. If you if you look at Instagram all days, you'll end up down a road where you're looking at stuff that you really don't like, and you know, you're just looking at what other people like and like. Um, how do I stay, uh, I guess, okay, creating my own ideas and staying original? Um, that's a very good question. I think for me personally, um, whenever I am working on something, I always try to have the end result in mind as far as like, okay, if I'm working on, a, let's say, a keychain for somebody, when I give this to them, what's their reaction? How do they feel? What are they going to think once I give it to them? How will they react? And I think by having that mindset of uh, what the end goal is, that keeps me motivated, keeps me happy to where I'm always gonna look for what's different or you know outside the box. Um, I, and I also try to never really look at other people's work. I know some people probably think that's a good thing to look at other people's work to get inspired, but I, I feel like true art is your individual mindset. Like no one can really determine what art is for you, no one can determine what art is for me. Art is literally how you interpret it, it's a perception. So when it comes to that, I'm just always trying to make sure like, Whatever someone else is putting around me, or whatever Instagram is throwing at us, Twitter is throwing at us, Facebook throw at us, that's other people's thoughts. We can't feed into that. To create true art and stay individual, you have to stay in your own lane and figure out how to make the make the pieces of work that, like Will said, makes you happy on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, for me, uh, I just I I don't like Trey said. I don't really look to other um, cosmetic brands to kind of get inspired because my biggest fear is um, I'm on Instagram, the shade room, they always have this thing called like stole my look and I, I never ever want to be that person. Um, I like to think that I'm creative enough to come up with my own things. Um, and like I said earlier, I like to look at culture. So like, um, like the Drake videos, like even if it's, it's the little things and small details that kind of people miss out on, like in the New Orleans streets, you know, I'm thinking like, hmm, the next time I'm in New Orleans, maybe I could put the lipsticks up on the curb. I look at things like that, kind of like taking small details out of a big picture um, to kind of get inspired. Um, I like to scrap a lot, like ideas, jot down things and kind of like visualize it in my head, put it up on PowerPoint, <laughs> remove those backgrounds and kind of like, no, nah, this is not working hard. Yeah, this is really dope, and this goes with the um, the collection theme. So it's pretty much trial and error for me. say for myself my sister she's um she's like a huge nerd school nerd but she got me planners um and that was one way and then also 
if the planners don't work, sometimes, and I do it now because my binder got stolen or something pretty hurt. Um, I just have a blank notebook. I'd rather it be for you, like, all right, I want to spend an hour on the drop, spend, you know, two hours on the hoodie, spend three hours on, you know, paintings, whatever it may be. Just jot it down. You know, and don't try and put too much emphasis on how organized it may be. And then next to it, um, that's from my mother, um, write A, B, C, you know, as far as priority. So if it's a, that's a hot topic, man, that's an A. You know, and then put the circle, you know, check mark. And as you get to going through, you know, once that new day comes, you write that next day. It's like, oh, okay, these are the things I still have to do. You know, it, that's my little quick uh, feel safe. Uh, for the brand, for me, I'll typically print out all designs that I have on whatever piece I want them to be on, moving, per se, like into the winter. And I have it printed out, you know, in my workspace, and then I can stand up and look at it and say, okay, I can visually see what I have planned. And for me, I know that the majority of everything that I've done up until this point started out, you know, written down or sketched out and then printed so that I can constantly see it and remind myself, you know, what I have to do. And you can use that as well in, like, you know, your graphic design work, too. You can use them both for the brand and for graphic design. Uh, just really quickly, I like to use a planner, too, um, but I realize that I can spend $50 on the cutest planner with all of the well details, and it still falls through the cracks. Um, one thing that I've learned is um, the calendar on the iPhone is so helpful. The reminders, like 15 minutes before, 30 minutes before, those are really, really helpful because it shows me like, oh, you were supposed to be here 30 minutes ago. Um, so I use that now, and I, I started using that um, probably like three weeks ago, and it's really been helping me out a whole lot, so that's what I use. I'm thinking spaces. Where do you do your best work, and where do you do your daily grind work? And is it <laughs> That's a great question, Blake. Um, I would say my best work comes at coffee spaces, um, coffee shops, uh, just because I kind of like the sound of things and just stuff moving, you know what I mean? People moving, that kind of energy I feed off of um, a lot. Um, I do my daily work at home usually and that's not you know it's you can get comfortable and it's not bad but um the best work usually for me comes from is it a specific place at home is it a bedroom kitchen table where you have a specific office set aside i don't have an office i have a little makeshift office i guess you would say um my couch <laughs> but <laughs> the couch and a chair that usually kind of does the trick uh, I'd say for me, uh, the daily, my daily space, uh, I really just love to be around good energy whenever I'm working. That's, that's one of the main things for me. I never want to make work and I'm in a, I guess, a bad environment or if I feel angry or anything like that. So I'm usually, you know, just with the homies real, working on stuff, you know, on the daily grind. But when it comes to my best work, I realize that, that usually comes when I'm in either, I won't say necessarily just completely by myself, but when I'm kind of secluded from the rest of the world, and I don't have anything else to interrupt my own thoughts, that's when I usually am able to produce something that I've never done before, something I feel the most rewarded for, 
and I'm just using the most proud of that word. And, and I really think that has to attribute to the fact that there's no other thoughts except mine that goes into that product. So it just really just depends. As long as I'm around good energy, it's going to be a good product. Uh, my daily work, um, to kind of transfer, transform my dining room space into like a office workspace. Um, my best work in the summer came from working in the garage, actually. Um, it was really cool out there. You got to see like nature as well as kind of like that sheltered environment. But now that um, winter season has fallen upon us, um, it's in my living room on the floor next to the window. Um, it still kind of gives me the best of both worlds, but I, I love to lay across the floor and lay my laptop on the, on the floor too and um, just kind of zone everything out and strictly on my laptop. I mostly work off of desktop, so I'm typically set up in a corner somewhere with a table and you know, away from work. But um, I say my best work is somewhere with natural light. I'm doing some sketch, and I hate you know yellow light. I, I love natural white light. And um, somewhere with Netflix nearby, I like to work and, and then watch stuff. I think I'm watching it, but usually a TV screen and Netflix is ideal for me while I'm working. Sit at the computer, sit down. Yeah, I've started from one more. Uh, Devin? Uh, my question is, as I'm moving in my second year, I'm finding it more harder to like, balance work and family life. So how do you guys deal with that? Like I'm missing, this year I'll be missing Thanksgiving and Christmas because I'll be away at events. And like my parents will have an issue with that when I'm like, sport. So how do you guys deal with being working family life? <laughs> so for me, um, the cool thing about my family is Monday nights, um, we started this thing, well, it went from meatless Monday to now, we kind of ran out of recipes, so we use meat now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was hard. <laughs> um, but we do, we do Monday night dinners together. And at these dinners, um, we meet at my aunt's house every Monday, and we're all sitting around the dinner table, and there's no phones, no electronics, just conversations. Um, and it, 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 I, I love it, like, and you know, usually, like, being a 26-year-old female, I'm like, no, I need my phone. Like, what? You can't tell me I can't have my phone. You don't pay this bill. But um, what I've learned is it, it's so fulfilling. Like, um, and we have it on Monday, kind of, like, to set the tone and start the week off right. Um, so we do that. That's on my mother's side. On my father's side, um, after church every Sunday at my great-grandmother's house, we do... Um, they call it dinner, but I think it's more like lunch because we eat at like 12.30 right after church. Um, so on Sundays, we go over there, and I, I'm learning that that definitely helps out um, because prior to us doing this within the last year, before then, it was hard. Um, we, I was missing a lot of things that I was just kind of like, oh, no, you know, like and then it would be poor planning on my part. Um, so kind of having that set, um, scheduled in, penciled in, family night dinners um, has really helped. Like, it's not just kind of like one of those spontaneous, like, oh, it's front up on me and I already have something going on. But the fact that we blocked that out for, you know, like specific, that specific purpose has definitely helped. I'd say for me, my answer is simple. I'm learning, still figuring it out. Um, I know we're all chasing something, we can get busy, but for me, it's just simply, you know, trying to figure it out and learning you know how to balance it literally day by day learning how to balance it and you know obviously you're making a sacrifice being away from your family and hopefully they understand that but 
you know, I speak personally from my end, I'm learning that, you know, we all have enough time in the day where we can make time for, you know, we can all be a little bit busier, you know, I think I'm huge on like uber productivity. So um, it's just figuring out for me, just day by day, trying to make a phone call if I can't go see, if I remember just a text message, stuff that goes a long way, especially when they care about I think for me, uh, when it comes to balance thing, it's, it's very important. And I, I kind of realized like, the only time I'm really able to, I guess, have that balance is when like I'm working on something for trade designs and then my sister can help me with the design or my mother can deliver something for me. I really try to have my family in on my team. That way, whatever I'm working, it's like I'm working, but the family's still by my side and they, and they really enjoy themselves too. And I, so I know that's different for everybody, but. But a lot of phone calls, or a good amount of phone calls, as much as I can try. And then, thankfully, they're pretty understanding. Uh, my big brother, Jarrell, is right here. <laughs> and um, he knows sometimes I call. It's really learning that, like, okay, I can call and I'm a little off, so I may just be quiet on the phone, you know what I mean? Like, or whatever the case may be. But if I just need to kind of hear their presence or, you know, even text them, it's more so trying to be... I guess a little less thoughtful when I communicate with them, you know, because they're family. You don't have to have a reason to, you know, text them or whatever the case may be. It can just be, hey, you know what I mean? Or, hey, this floor is great. You know what I mean? Whatever the case may be. <laughs> and that interaction, though, you know, it makes you feel more so, like, closer. And I think, um, I think it's coming along for myself. But, um... That was it, guys. Um, thanks, uh, John and Audrey, for uh, helping put together this amazing. <laughs>